Praise the Lord and welcome to New Life this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us today. And we are located at 1021 South Center Street. We would love to have you come and join and be with us each and every Sunday and Wednesday night. And uh, we're here to learn more about Jesus. We're on part five of our Christian Living series, How to Stifle Rotten Thinking. We've learned several ways that we've been learning about stifling rotten thinking. Here is another one. Be humble. Be humble. That's the next slide, Karen. Nope. I thought I had a slide that just said be humble to give us our text today. It's not there? Go back one. Go back one. Nope. Okay, I didn't put it in. All right. Let's go right there then. Learn to be humble. This message is actually called Be Humble. Boy, oh boy, that is something that's hard for this generation to do. Our culture wants everybody to look, look at me, look at me. How do I know that that's what our generation likes to do right now? How many times do you go on Facebook and people say, I took my wife out for dinner, and they have to post all these pictures of food. I can just imagine one day. See, the grandma and grandpas right now, they're pretty cool. You, you could sit down with grandma and grandpa with a photo album, and, and, and as a grandchild, you go, Grandma, who is that? Oh, that's my brother Fred, standing there with Charles Lindbergh. And Charles Lindbergh was the first person to fly across the Atlantic all by himself. And your uncle, your great uncle knew him. Great stories, right? Oh, that's your great uncle Ralph who fought in World War II. He fought against the Nazis. He got the Medal of Honor. Great stories, right? You can go, you sit down, I, um, one of the favorite pastimes of everybody when you went up to see Judy's mom was get the photo albums out and look at all the pictures and they all had a story to tell. But the grandparents in the future, can you imagine? Grandma, what are these pictures on your phone? Well, that was there, that's a pair of shoes I was thinking of buying, and that's um, a breakfast I ate one day, and that, come on, right? It's all about, look at me, look at me! But the Bible tells us to be humble. Come on, Let, let's look here. Philippians chapter 2, let's start with verses 1 through 4. We're actually going to go all the way through verse 11. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, 
any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Before we pray, I just want to say, Philippians is not trying to get rid of our rotten thinking, but there's a lot of great advice to the church member and to married couples. And we'll talk about that in a moment. See, you know, if we preach about these things, make them relatable to our lives, man, they get better and better. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message today. I thank you, Lord, that I can hide behind the cross and just let you shine, Jesus. I thank you for your anointing to preach this message. And I thank you that you give us ears to hear from you today, Jesus. Lord, help us to learn to be humble so that we can always glorify your name and see you lifted up. In Jesus' name, amen. When we were reading that, did you notice there's a great list there? A great list that's included there in verses 1 and 2. Paul starts with, if there's any encouragement in Christ. There's lots of encouragement in Christ. He saved you. He forgave you. He's brought healing to your life. The greatest healing you ever received was not from your back being broken, your heart that needed to be fixed. No, no, no. The greatest healing he would ever have given you was healing you from sin. If he did nothing more than that, that's the greatest encouragement we could ever have. But Jesus gives us encouragement all the time, but he also encourages us to behave a certain way. Let's look at the list that Paul writes here. He goes, any comfort from love. Mm. Are, are you comforting each other from, by love? Or are you being nitpicky? Come on. I don't like Pastor's polka dotted shirt this morning. How dare he wear a polka dotted shirt? Ooh. No, we should treat each other with love. I'm so glad that Pastor's son loves him so much that he picked him out a polka dotted shirt. See, you didn't know that being critical of my polka dotted shirt was being critical of my son who bought me the polka dotted shirt. For Christmas, okay, we need to be loving of one another, right? Any participation in the Spirit? Uh-oh. You can't participate in the Spirit if you can't love one another. That's the Holy Spirit. Any affection? 
any sympathy. Yeah, we gotta be. We should show hell sympathy. Why? Oh my word! There's such a long list, my friend. Well, we should have sympathy for him when he's trying to get up to go give him a helping hand. He can get up. Yeah, he can get up. It just takes him a while. But if we would have some sympathy, hey, can I give you a helping hand? He'll go, ah, get away from me. But at least we were showing him sympathy, and he knows somebody cares. Right? See, how's old school? He's old school man. I can do it. Yes, you can. And once he's on his feet, he does pretty well. Right? Affection for one another. Caring for one another. This is what we should be doing. How we should be treating each other. Did you know, notice that Paul put the Holy Spirit in the middle of his list? In 1 Corinthians 12 through 14... Paul starts out with the Holy Spirit in chapter 12. He finishes with the Holy Spirit in chapter 14, and right in the middle, he puts love. In order for the Holy Spirit to move in a church or in our homes, we must have love for one another. Isn't that kind of cool? Because God the Father loved us so much and he demonstrated his love so much that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us so that we could be saved. Come on. Oh, do I have to get robust and start marching back and forth. Winterfest was been going on this weekend here in the region. Wild West Winterfest. I tuned in a little bit last night. Pastor Chris, who used to be our youth director for the region, he was just up there speaking to the kids and go, Mark, you, come on, let's give in to Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. You know, do I need to do that to get you all excited? I had you excited during worship. You know what should excite us? Not because I could do backflips. No, Hal, I can't. But because I preached the word. And the Word can change our lives. And the Word is what we respond to. Right? I mean, I I, if I'm really preaching the Word and the Holy Spirit is moving, I could just stand here like a pillar. And you're going to be touched by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Paul then goes ahead. Then Paul says, complete my joy. Paul talked about his joy last week. He talked about his joy the other day. And now he's talking about that my joy, my, he says, complete my joy. And how do we do this? That's what he says in verse 2. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and in one mind. Mm. You know, if we would humble ourselves, focus on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, how we deal with each other, it would change our mindset.
to having the same mind, having the same love, being full, you know, being in full accord in one mind. Where did I see that before? Oh, on the day of Pentecost. Right? They were in one place with one mind. And they were in one, one accord. And the Spirit of God fell and moved upon the church. Filled them with the Holy Spirit. Tongue, rushing mighty wind was heard. Tongues of fire fell upon each one. And they all spoke in tongues. A language that they never knew. And they all spoke. All of a sudden they got this boldness and they rushed out of the upper room. Filled the streets of Jerusalem. It all came when Peter got up and said, this is that what the prophet Joel spoke about. And 3,000 people got saved that day. I'm telling you. When we are of unity like that, there's nothing that the Lord can't do in our midst. And then verse 3, he says, Do nothing from selfish ambition and conceit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. We, we get that a lot in our lives today because of our culture. Oh, look what I can do. <laughs> Come on. There's nothing wrong with getting excited about something that God has allowed us to do and having a talent to do it. But when it's all about, you better, you, you better look at me. It's all about me instead of all about him. That's conceit. Come on. My word. I'm getting a kick out of something here this morning, Hal. There's a little baby in the church this morning. My, oh my, oh my. If they were conceited they, and selfish, that baby wouldn't be getting passed around like it is. <laughs> this baby has to be the happiest baby this morning. It's gone from mama. It's gone over here. It's gone over grandma. Then it goes over to here. This baby's getting so much love, it's ridiculous. But if one of them just had the ambition, I'm the only one who's going to hold that baby, it would have ruined the whole thing, and baby be fussing. Right? And verse 4 says we need to be humble. Humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord. Humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Higher and higher, and he will lift you up. I wonder when we used to sing that in church. Hmm. We don't have too many of those songs written today. Well, we got to get moving. Paul talks about this. In humility, count each other more significant than yourself or learn to be humble. But he also tells us to follow Christ's example in being humble. Look at verse 5 through 8. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count it, Equality with God, a thing to be grasped. 
But he but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, <clears throat> he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Are we that much humble? Are we as humble as Jesus? Isn't he not the second person of the Trinity? Isn't he God? But he humbled himself. You see, here, here's what Paul would have said in another book of the Bible. Put on the mind of Christ. Come on. Put on the mind of Christ. Start thinking like Jesus does. Not what would Jesus do. No, start thinking like Jesus. You see, if we have to stop and think ourselves, says to ourselves, what would Jesus do? That was such a big popular thing, remember? No, no, no. We've got to start just thinking about how what Jesus does. Even though he was the second person of the Trinity, he did not count himself as being equal with God. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. He became a human being like us. The only difference is, is that he knew no sin. He humbled himself. He was obedient. And he went to the cross for us and laid down his life so that we could be saved. Come on. Come on. Do we humble ourselves that much? Or are we thinking we're going to build something colossal here? No. We're going to do something colossal for Jesus. Come on. You know, the, you know the reason why a lot of pastors could stay 20 years where they're at? It's because they put God first and not their, their ambitions first. My word, I could have just came like all the pastors before me and used this place as a stepping stone to the next place. And then use that place to a stepping stone to the next place. All the way up to, I'm really comfortable in this church and now I'm going to retire. That's how it used to be done. But now there's a bunch of us who say, no, God's planted me here, this is where I'm staying because we're going to build the kingdom for Jesus, not for ourselves. <laughs> My wife was telling me we were noticing some things on Facebook and about some of our ministers in the region. She says, oh, I don't think that one's going to be here for much longer. Just because all of a sudden, doors are being opened. Something that they were hoping would happen one day. Doors would be open. But the thing is, they could stay put where they're at for 20 years and still have those same doors open.
Can I back up just a little bit? This is for those who have to watch at home because they were not feeling well today. Can I talk about, go back to the, us learning to be humble? I forgot to talk about this. Because not only does... Hmm, complete my joy by seeing the same mind, having the same love and in full accord and of one mind, that unity that we need to have. Let, let me just back up. I forgot to say this. That's the kind of unity we must have in our marriages. This is why it's so important that husband and wife communicate with one another so that they can be on the same page, have the same mind on something. It's so hard to be on the same mind if you're both pulling in the opposite directions. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of an illustration right now that I won't be stepping on toes, but I can't think of anything on that one. Husband and wife better be on the same, especially when it comes to finances. If you don't talk about and be on the same page with your finances, you'll always be fight, fighting about money. And that's ridiculous. Or you'll always be disappointing your, each other because of the money. Come on. You've got to communicate and get on the same page with that, and your marriage will be much more happier, and you'll have joy in your marriage, and you'll have love in your marriage. I've never understood these married couples. She sleeps in one room and he sleeps in another. I've never understood that one. You know, the, the, Al, Al and Marion, it, it was frustrating to Al when he had to move to the nursing home. Why? Because he wasn't sleeping in the same bed as Marion. And it was so cute. I should let Marion just tell you the story, but it was really cute. He looked at her and he says, you know, this bed here, it was a good-sized bed. He says, I think it might be big enough that you can crawl in here with me and we can snuggle. After 50-some years of being married, he still wanted his wife to come to bed and snuggle. Why? Because they were on the same page. And in order for him to go into the nursing home, they had to get on the same page. He was not willing to do that until they were both on the same page. And the thing was, even though it was against everything, he knew what was right on the inside. He knew he needed to go in the nursing home. Why? Because my place is at home. With her. And she with me. Oh, Marion, I want to thank you and Al. You've been such a good example to all of us. I know it wasn't always easy. And I don't mean to make you sad. But those are happy things to be sad about. Why? Because they were an example to us of what it meant to have a real Christian marriage and love one another. This is what we all should be striving for when we're married. So if you're just a young, if you're still single, Hal, and you finally get married, 
you better talk to Marion about, okay, now, what's the best thing I can do here to keep myself out of trouble? Well, she'll probably look at you, Hal, and say, Hal, just make sure that you realize if she has nylons on or not before you say that her, her nylons are wrinkled. Let me tell you something, folks. We're all going to bow one day. We're all going to bow one day. Verse 9. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of, the, of God the Father. <laughs> you know what the best time to do that is right now. The best time to do that is get saved, confess Jesus, and bow now. Because when this verse happens in the future, when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, it will be too late. It's because Jesus has come again. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time we get saved. Now is the time we ask the Lord for forgiveness. Now is the time we ask him to come into our hearts. And you know what? I, I just got to remind us all. As Christians, we should approach the throne of grace in humility. And we should be obedient to the call of God each and every day. I was watching a lady on Christian TV one day. She says, I go out onto my porch. I got a rocking chair out there. I get out on the porch. I hope I'm still on camera. I sit down in my rocking chair with my Bible on my lap. And I start and I my throne and I start commanding God to do this and that over my valley. I command him to do it. Wait a second. Who does she think she is? Humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord. Fall on your every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I last time just thought God didn't tell me she was the lady of the earth. But she gets out there and says, I tell God to do this and God to do that. And I command him because I am on the throne with him. And that's like, wait a second. Only overcomers get to sit on Jesus' throne. Only those who are humble get to sit on Jesus' throne. He is still God. What was the downfall of Satan? Pride. Pride. And when we start thinking we can command God to do this and do that, Jesus says, if you want something to be done, you ask in my name. I don't hear her asking at all in Jesus' name. We better be humble when we come to the throne of grace. Because I'll tell you what, if you don't approach him in humility, he will humble you. Young preacher was called into the ministry 
And he went and got a fine education at a good Bible college and then went off to seminary. He, he loved his uncle so much, he wanted to be just like his uncle, Dr. Raby. And, and he just loved his uncle so much. And, and he was his uncle's favorite nephew. And he came to church. He just graduated, had his, and he got his doctorate. He says how long he stayed in school. He was their mark. <laughs> he got his doctorate. Came to church. Sat down to doc, with Dr. Raby's sister, his favorite auntie in the church. Sat down next to her. All so happy to be in the home church to hear his uncle preach. And Dr. Raby said, oh, my nephew is here today. We are so proud of him. He just graduated, got his doctorate, and he's here with us today, waiting on his first call to his first church. And I'm excited. And i like him to come up here and say a few words. And he came up, got up, buttoned his button on his suit coat, strutted up to the pulpit, got behind the pulpit and had nothing to say. And he says, I am glad to be here and be with all of you in my home church. It's good to be home. And he walked down, unbuttoned the button with his head low, sat down next to his favorite auntie. Now, this is not Dr. Raby's wife. This is his sister. She was a little hard of hearing by this time. And she thinks she's whispering to him, but she's not whispering. Everybody in the church could hear her. She goes, Boy, if you had walked up there the way you walked down, you would have had something to say when you got up there. And then you would have walked down the way you walked up. Dr. Raby told me, he says, Now, my nephew never forgot that lesson, and from then on, he always went to the pulpit, humble, when he approached God. <laughs> Boy, there's nobody like family that can humble you, right? One day, every soul that would have lived is going to bow before King Jesus. From Adam and Eve all the way to the last one born. And they're going to bow before him and call him Lord. Oh, my friends, let us start with us. Let us bow our hearts before the Lord. Learn to be humble and share our faith with others. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you and praise you for all those who have tuned in to this morning and all of us who are here today. Lord, one day we're all going to bow before you. Lord, help us to learn to be humble. Let the Holy Spirit teach us what true humility is. Because true humility is a person who can love themselves so that they can love their neighbor. Because Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself, that means a person who's humble actually loves themselves.
but they don't parade it. So Lord, we thank you because we can't love our neighbor if we don't know how to love ourselves. And so Lord, help us to live in humility before you and Lord, always to call you Lord. And Lord, that we bow our hearts before you each day in prayer that we take up our Bibles and read it each day to hear from you. Lord, touch us, I pray. Use us, I pray. And Lord, touch those who are watching today. Lord, I pray for those who live in the area that watch each week that they would come to church with us, sing with us, praise the Lord with us. Because Lord, we're, we're really lonely for them. Because Lord, we care about them because they're here every week. So touch them in Jesus' name. And Lord, touch those who are far away, Lord. Help them, Lord Jesus, especially our family that's up in Canada. Watch over them, Lord, with the Canadian government changing so much towards Christians. Watch over them, Lord Jesus. Keep them in your care. Help them, Lord Jesus. And keep your loving hand upon them. In Jesus' precious name, amen. New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. We hope that you can join us this week. Wednesday, church starts at 6. Mark Biltz will be here as our guest speaker. He's going to finish up his message that he started last week. And you'll enjoy it. Bring the kids along for Salvation Station. They'll enjoy that as well. And we hope that you can be with us every Sunday. It starts, Sundays around here starts at 9 o'clock for Sunday school and 10 o'clock for church. We can't wait to see you next time. God bless you for now. Now, I'm going to turn my focus on you all. Something happened here last week that was just phenomenal. In fact, one of the members let me know, boy, did I need that today.